So we have opened a food club. We've done, you know, so many different ways, but this new version, I think is the version and it's working and we're loving it. And we're going to talk all about it today and answer some of the questions that have popped up along the way and hopefully give you some inspiration about the potential of pulling in a community centered on food that's beautiful and community sufficient. Hey friends! Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. All right, so I feel like first, the name is genius. If you don't know, Lacey's pretty good at names. If you need help, like, naming your baby or your animals (laughs) or (laughs) anything, reach out to Lacey. Uh, She's got some ideas. But we call it the Calm Foo Club. And in case you're, like, some of our friends who don't get what that means, it's a play on Kung Fu, which... um, It was not even all that intentional, but it's working out. Was it not? Well, I I mean, you know, it was like... And now there's like all these Kung Fu like puns flying Mm. in there. Mm. And we have a highest standard. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That one's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. It's so bad. Um, Okay. So the whole idea was that we started with just a traditional kind of farmer's market, right? Like. Yeah. Well, we had the we had the and, you know, we started amidst sort of the, the height of the recent worldwide event catastrophe um and so you know people were kind of not really getting together and not really you were trying to find local food sources all of a sudden people were just like how do i get food it's not at the grocery store how do i get food and they were coming to us and saying how do i get food and it turns out we know how to get food right and we didn't have to worry about what was on the shelves much toilet paper toilet paper yeah we do not know a producer of toilet paper. <laughs> so i personally do not know a local toilet paper creator however in an emergency mullen works really well there's some plants to use and some plants not to use right um however so that was like it became this question that people were coming at us with and so we said okay well how do we make this easier for not just the people who are asking us but also our friends and loved ones who are creating these amazing products and um and so our market was born and we used an app and it was great. And it was sort of like a drop off. Farmers dropped off. People people ordered. And then the farmers dropped off what the people ordered. Um, and so there was one day to pick up, which eliminates the need for farmers to sit long periods of time at a farmer's market and, you know, whether or not they get any sales. Yeah, because if you ask a farmer like and it's been a while since we did this, for those of you who are wondering, has have Lacey and Drew ever sat at a farmer's yeah. market? We have. We have. Oh, we've said a lot of different kinds of markets, too, right. not just farmer markets. But you have, like, the prep of, like, picking up the produce and putting stuff together. Then you have to, like, pack it up in the car. And then you have to take it there. You have keep to unpack and it and keep and it cold and figure out. Make it look good. It's generally in the summer, so, like, the heat is, like, causing things to wilt and dry mm-hmm. up and die. And nobody's buying dye plant. And then you get plants. to a market and the guy next door also has eggs. But right. he's selling his for $3 a dozen. And yours are $8 a dozen. And right. you're like, oh. Uh, so, like, there's this whole marketing level of things. Yeah. And 
a massive amount people. goes yeah. into the, the sitting at a farmer's market, plus the time of sitting at a farmer's market. and Where you could be at home yeah. doing the farming that you... And, you know, like if you get there and a storm rolls in and blows your tent over, there's like a hundred bucks you just spent on a tent mm. and it's gone and nobody's there because there's a storm. So you like lost money. You know, it's, it's a nightmare. And, and I will say that I think through that was one kind of... Uh, the underbelly of the things that we saw during COVID. That was one of the things that we saw and revealed. And then people came up with really good ways to adapt and, and kind of do differently. Right. So we were talking to another friend who was a part of a market garden. Actually, she's one of our providers here now. Um, but the one that she was at, they started doing a drive-through thing and they still do the drive-through thing Yeah, because it's so much more efficient for the time and energy of the farmer. So yeah. I think there are some good that, you know. Technology has allowed us to kind of yeah. make something In a little some bit ways. better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, with the Comfu, we shut down the market for a while because we were realizing that we were losing money personally. You know, it was a ton of time investment. We were giving it a day every single week, a whole day. Um, and then some in between because we were, you know, helping farmers figure things out, helping customers figure things out. We were marketing like crazy. Um, and, you know, there was never going to be a markup on that that we could viably would serve like recoup our time and our, and then also the loss that we have on having a facility paying for, um, you know, air conditioning and all the different things that come as part of it. So we just had to shut it down because it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't working. <laughs> and we also saw that, you know, people would come when it was convenient. It was a convenience based app. And that was what the goal of the app was, was to make shopping local convenient because the argument was that that's why people weren't shopping local. When I actually think that that's not the reason that people are not shopping local. It might be one of the reasons, but it's not the only reason. Why, what do you think the main reason is? I think the main reason is because they aren't changing their habits. Habitually, people go to the grocery store and habitually they like not the, the no strings attached. That's what I think that, you know, people are going for. It's not the convenience. It's the no strings attached. The no strings attached, like if... It allows them to say, like, Food Lion has a steak on sale for five bucks, and this other place ha has it for ten. I'm just going to buy it from the five dollar place because I don't. Neither place am I loyal to, or somewhat. I think there is loyalty as an element to it, but you can only be loyal to someone you know. And when right. you go to the grocery store, you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they might put up cute signs of "This came from a local farmer," you right. know, six hours away. Yeah, I mean that's great and we can do better there too but um ultimately when something goes wrong with the produce that you buy there um you're, that farmer's not going to notice if you return the product you know right. like you don't have to interact with that farmer you don't have to you log your complaints with the producer of the products that you buy at the grocery store and there is also an element of you know what you're getting at the grocery store and when you shop with your farmer it's not always familiar you know like what's in season right now might be you know beets carrots potatoes and artichokes right and you're like i'm not really familiar with those so i don't want any of that right and that's not really fair to the farmer because he's not controlling the weather yeah <laughs> you know like and he has to pay his bills whether you know how to cook artichoke or not i know well today like um the kids want to make tacos and they texted me and said get tomatoes oh yeah and i went in there and i was like dang like no. i don't want to buy tomatoes <laughs> like what does Nick and Jen have right now? You know, like, right. that's what we should be cooking with. But it's really hard to have tacos without tomatoes. Well, and every time we eat, we sit down and we say, I mean, it's kind of a fun project of like, this meat came from 
fill in the blank. And we know. And this egg came from this person. We know. And we've been to their place and we know what that looks like. And so like part of what I think that people don't like about knowing their farmer for like they'll buy from them on occasion. But to really to be dependent on the on a person that you know, it's a connection that I think we are. It's like a muscle we don't know how to use Mm -hmm. to really rely on people that we know is uh, a painful, like opposite from the independent and sort of self-sufficient. I want to call it a lie that we've been culturalized to believe is what we want. Right. And so I think it's, it's more that the depth of that, I think, than it is convenient. Yeah. In my opinion. And I know there are people who, you know, go to farmer's markets every week and they have bonds and, and ties and those are great. That's a really great. And that's sort of the similar thing that we're replicating here. I don't know. I would say that that's still a little bit shallow, but it is a little shallow. Cause if you can't go, you don't go. Right. And if it's raining, you don't show up. Right. But that farmer usually is still there right. and they're standing in the rain and they're just wasting the day away. Right. So with Kung Fu, we, the idea behind it is like the opposite of all that stuff, essentially. Like mm-hmm. we're asking people to become members. And so it's not like just shop here, please. It's become part of this community. You know, if the person making the milk or bringing the milk has a problem, like, understand that that is also a human being and that they are also like Mm -hmm. doing their best and, you know, give them a little bit of grace on, you know, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a completely different mindset. uh, Like you were saying, of just like, you know, if the, if we don't have beef this week, like it turns out that, you know, the processor wasn't able to have beef or, you Mm -hmm. know, like, um, I mean, our end goal would be to not rely on processors in that right, way. Right, exactly. Yeah. And we're working we're towards that. that yeah. yeah. I mean, it, but it's just like this, it's this interesting, like, dynamic that I feel like is still developing. Like, we had a social where all the Kung Fu members came out and we all sat around and we partook of, like, made pizzas together. Made wood-fired pizzas in the pizza oven with all, like, local ingredients mm-hmm. and had wine that was local and, you know, mm-hmm. like... um and I just think about like our meal this past Friday night, like every piece of the meal all the way to the bread mm. was from somebody that we knew, mm-hmm. you know, and like that element of connecting community is really powerful. And you can't get that in the grocery store. Well, I think about like our gut health and, you know, we talked about this a lot and how, you know, we know that we need a good, healthy, dynamic biome and it can't be all one thing or another thing. It has to be this diversity. And that diversity that you get, that web that you build, that like in, interrelational experience with what you're eating and who's getting your money. And, and then that's the other beautiful thing is like a lot of times it doesn't even require money. In fact, right now, like what we offer at the market is to bring people together. You right. know, like that's our commodity. That's the thing that we do. We organize. We have a space. That's what we provide. We're not we're not harvesting veggies. We're not milking a cow. We're not doing those things. We do make wood fired pizzas. We do, we do make more fire pieces. But I think what we're doing now too, and I think other members are as well, is they're saying, oh, we could really use, you know, fill in the blank product. You know, right. it would be really nice if we had access to this. It would make my life easier if I had it. It would make everybody else's life easier if they had it. I could provide that. I could be the provider of that. Right. And so, for example, what's happening right now, we've got dairy um, and we've got veggies and we've got, you know, a variety of different things. And all of those farmers for the most part, 
some of them are, they have access, so they do need to get an actual check written. But a lot of them are just taking the money that they're earning in the Comfu and they're putting it on their credit. And so then they're just spending their credit on their weekly grocery bill. And I mean, like the idea there is just like, oh, it's going to make me cry because how like that's what it's supposed to be. Right. We're not supposed to have to need. We're just not supposed to have to need. (laughs) I mean, we're supposed to have the needs met by the people in our community and then also fill their needs. And I think that's that's really where the. um where we start to run into these like divisions of class is where, you know, we say, well, what that person's contributing isn't, doesn't have a value of what this person is contributing. And while there is still some of that, like I do, I do, I'm not like against capitalism in any way. What I see here is that somebody sees a need and they fill it. And then another person sees a need and they fill it. And then there's no needs not being filled. Right. And there's no one not leaving hungry. Well, and it's interesting, like, as you're saying that, especially the class division, there is like this element of like, um, uh, like overregulation. So like as corporate entities began to grow, mm-hmm. they would create legislation and inspections and stuff like that to weed out their competition. Well, to prevent people from rising up. Right. Yeah. And I so, mean, if we yeah. recently, and I, we might have talked about this on the, call, on the, on the podcast before we recently watched um, Tucker and the man in his dream. Yeah. Which is not Netflix. For me, that was like a revelation when I was in high school because I was like, what? <laughs> I thought yeah. it was free. Everybody could do what they wanted to do. And if they made a good product, it would, it would do well, but yeah. that's, Unfortunately, not really the world we're living in. But it's just kind of like, I mean, when you think about it, like even like so raw milk, for instance, is like one of the healthiest things that we should be consuming and very few people consume it. But the regulations behind it, I believe wholeheartedly were put in there by big milk, Mm. you know, big ag to stop the small local farmer because a small farmer in a small community can have one cow and provide five or six families Mm -hmm. with milk. But, you know, he's never going to get rich on that. No. And the, I would argue that the richness is like nourishing that local community. And Um, the ground. And the ground, yeah. Literally, like it goes back so deep that it's not just about those relationships, human relationships. But also, like, if your milk is coming from a cow that's pooping on the, the land nearby and your neighbor's land, like, it just is a way of, completing the circle yeah. that we don't complete very often yeah. in, in and, modern world. And the fact that like that cow is reacting, I say this all the time, but is reacting mm. to the local community stresses yeah. and invi- you know, producing whatever chemicals to deal with that. And then if you're consuming that, you're yeah. also, you know, it's like how much healthier is that like small closed loop? Which you did. Than- I don't know if you know this, but there's this really cool research they've done on seeds. Or if you put a seed in your mouth before you plant it, yeah. that seed reacts and grows differently and in a direct ratio or, or whatever with your saliva. Because right. whatever your body emits or has vitamins, nutrition, deficiencies, that plant will grow in order to try to. Which is mind boggling. I'm still very skeptical of that, but <laughs> very interested. I'm open to the idea, but I would like to see some tests. Uh, is the <laughs> earth really that dynamic? I would say yes. And so much more. Complex. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, why would it not be? But and and you know, we recently recorded a podcast about uh, spaying and neutering your pets, 
and what impact that might have on your your body or on you as you eat it. Right. We know what grass fed and grass finished does. I right. mean, and if you don't know, then do some research because grass fed, grass finished beef is just it's it's what we were built to eat and what it's we we're making you healthy. Corn fed and or corn even finished beef is not making you healthier. So right. it does increase inflammation, whereas grass fed, grass finished decreases inflammation. So you know, it's just this like understanding the depth of how important it is to consider what we're eating and how we're eating it. Um, you know, I think in like back to the, well, what would, you know, our ancient ancestors do? They wouldn't consider this because they didn't need to consider it. it right. There was no option. <laughs> it wasn't like yeah. they were, you know, injecting their animals with growth hormones or, you know, like that was just not. Well, and when you know your farmers, like, I mean, I've talked to two farmers now mm-hmm. that raise beef that like they finish it. They buy it like cows that are essentially dying. I mean, to put it really the. Farmer, some farmer somewhere tried his hardest to keep this cow alive and couldn't for some reason. <laughs> Took it to a stockyard. This other farmer sold it for bought, the, the best bought, price they could get. He, the best price. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even think I want to make this into hamburger at this point. So just oh. buy it from me. <laughs> Whatever the price is, $3 a pound. And then this other guy buys it, puts it out on grass. And then for some amount of time, for some amount of time, anywhere from six days to six months, let's say that. And then takes it to a slaughterhouse, packages it up and calls it grass finished beef and says, well, I can't guarantee it's grass fed, but I can guarantee it's grass finished. And how long does it take to take a cow that's sick or sickly, give them grass and then say, oh, it's good enough. Let's take it to butcher and like call it grass finished. Like, what's the timeline on that? I don't know. I mean, how long, like, I mean, it, then again, it like depends. Like, you know, you read like the boxes of like, uh, ivermectin and it's like seven to 14 days, I think is what they call the withdrawal period mm. before you're supposed to eat it, you know? So, but I wholeheartedly believe that that sits in the system way longer, longer than that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, antibiotics. I mean, I think the antibiotics, once you put them in there, they're in there, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, there's some element of that, not to mention like the emotional element of like this animal is sick and dying Mm. and sad and stressed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, but I guess my ultimate point was that is like, I think that's happening a lot. I mean, this is like happening at a farmer's market. We know it's happening at the beef that you buy at like McDonald's or Burger King or the grocery store. Mm. I mean, that's just a plain old fact that Mm -hmm. that's what's happening with these animals. So being able to come into a food club and like, know like this is a farmer. This is what he looks like as a food club. We're going out to his farm to see his cows, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, that's a completely different thing. Completely different. You know, meet his family, pet his dogs. Like that, that's what, like, if we could do that with all the food we eat and that, like that farmer is also then knows like, Hey, I have a responsibility to these people. Like Mm. also that farmer is looking at us and saying, okay, these are the people I'm feeding. You well, know? here's another really beautiful thing. So the first couple of weeks, we didn't have enough demand for the milk to, to take all that our dairy farmer had. Right. But then we noticed like, but hey, we do want yogurt and we do want, you know, butter and we want these other things. And she's like, well, I can make that. And so being able to be a part of the community where we're all like, well, I want this and I want that and I want this. 
somebody rise up and said, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to take that. And so now that dairy farmer has not only the milk that they sell, but then these products, value add products that she makes even more on. And so it's like a a win for everybody. If you want that convenience, you don't want to make your own butter, then there you go. You have this opportunity or yogurt or whatever it might be. Kefir we have also. And so, you know, these are products that it's, you know, we go to the grocery store because it's easy and like it's there and you just buy what you find there. Right. And here, I mean, there's a little bit of that too. Like if there's kefir to buy, people will buy it. If there's, you know, because people are interested in diversifying their palates, but it's so good to do it in a way where, you know, from start to finish, every single ingredient, every single step, every single person that touched it, um, it just makes it so much more whole. Yeah. And anyway, I think that's really. Well, and like, even like tortilla chips, like I went to buy some today mm-hmm. and I mean, you've heard my seed oil rant, but <laughs> then I went to buy those like little, like ones in the Latin section that are like little crispy circles, you know, I was like, well, I'll just get those. And I was just like, I wonder, like, let me double check the ingredients in this. It had dye yellow number five. In uh, it. I was like, why is there yellow five dye in a corn tortilla chip? Well, I mean, you know, like, yeah. And it, and it's like, that's what, again, like with the class thing, like that's what the low income people are having to buy. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I'd save a little bit of money and just buy those. But instead, I bought the ones that are just like corn and we'll fry them in beef tallow tonight and eat those, you know, mm-hmm. but like. My stomach is growling. I know. It's making me hungry. <laughs> but like, I don't know. So the whole food club. If you're near us, join our Kung Fu Club. It's a Kung Fu revolution. Yeah, it's a Kung Fu revolution. And here, I'll tell you, like, we haven't had a lot of questions. We've had a lot of people even booking calls to talk to us about how they can set it up in their area. Because if you're not in our area, you know, I understand. But um, if this is something that you would want to facilitate, reach out to us. We're going to try to, like, make something available, um, whether it's an in-person training or online or whatever. We want to help people get started. We want it to be something that... People feel like they can do. There are food clubs across the nation. Uh, what we found is that it was just difficult to take what they were doing and apply it in our situation. And our goal is to make something that is really easy to apply across the board. Some like a system that's like, okay, yeah, you can pick this up and implement it right. in your in your place. So, um, in fact, we probably spent like three months trying to figure out how to even make it work. Oh, good grief! Yeah. It was a bit messy. There were a lot of spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not my love language, so. <laughs> um, but Drew is a master of spreadsheets. I do and love now, spreadsheets. Even if spreadsheets are not your love language, good news. I think we have a system that's kind of is working. Yeah. We're excited. I think ironing out those kinks is was one of our main goals because it's daunting, right? Um, but now we could kind of like say, okay, here's the steps. Do this, and you got to pick up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're super passionate about this, right. so. Not only would we love for you to help us spread the the word about Confu, uh, if you feel like you want to hear more about this conversation and reach out to us, if you think there's a place where we should talk about it, I feel like we should talk about it more. Yeah, for sure. Um, so reach out to us and let us know about that. Um, we are, you know, just plugging along, having a good time sometimes, <laughs> sometimes really frustrated. But the payoff is that when market comes you know pickup days come everybody comes together and is really excited about the food that they're taking home right and, and it's like a little weekly party it is a little bit well bi-weekly bi-weekly bi-monthly yeah. not bi-weekly bi-monthly. every other week we get together and have a good time and then the socials the and then the farm tours right. and then so we're really developing a group of people that are just 
intrinsically connected in all, all the all the ways. Right. So anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs>